Yo, what's good? It's your boy, South Bridge 706. It's committee podcast. We got Marcus Sniffles and Dolphin Savage. What's good? Trying to get my bid in out here living. <laughs> yeah, just out here chilling. Yeah, shout out everybody who listens on iTunes, or I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Leave a review, leave a comment, jump in on the conversation. So we can get right into it this week. We got the worst tree week from Joyce Massey at jmass underscore o three and no no disrespect it's all love you know but everybody can get it we've given our own members worst of the week so you have to get this because you were really out of pocket with your comments you said before i'm gonna give you two two years please you said hip-hop is not black culture it's one of many genres of music music is a part of any culture other music of black culture and she went on the list gospel music uh, blues all kinds of wild stuff like that and my response to her was uh, hip hop is black culture, which is which influenced the world. Right. And her response to me was a white guy says, I understand black culture. I listen to two hip hop or listen to hip hop. You quickly change your views. So stop. Folks are impressionable and they might believe you. I'm like, nah, if a white person said they understand black culture and listen to hip hop, I tell them they're stupid. And I told her I'd tell them to also go read some books like you can't make such a bold and wrong statement and then have an even worse response to your bad statement, man. Like, come on, man. Let's, yeah, let's if, not do that. If, if a white person wants to say that they understand hip hop culture, I'm kind of, I'm fine with them saying that they understand it, but don't come around and say like, Oh, this is my culture. This is my culture now too, because I listened to Biggie Smalls growing up. Like you understand it, listen to it, rock with it, enjoy it, but just know that it doesn't belong to you and respect where it came from. Yeah, and my other question is if black people don't, if hip hop's not black culture, then whose culture is it? Like, It's our culture, it's, it's who we are as people. It's, um, and, and I'm not just talking about the music that people would deem trashy or youth oriented, but a lot of times we listen to artists that are able to verbally display some of the, the the things that go on in our in our ghettos or even outside of our ghettos just through our lives you know we listen to certain music like let's say a kendrick lamar and his damn cd some of the songs directly relate to what's going on in black culture today so it's definitely a part of black culture it's not the only thing that is black culture but it's a part of our culture it's yeah, a part it, of our dna hip-hop hip isn't just black culture like music is pretty much black culture you, if you go back to like you know, Africa with the drums and, you know, jazz, uh, rock and roll, country, funk music, uh, you know, rap, pop. Like, we pretty much created music. Everything musically probably came from a black person or was influenced by, you know, you can go back to, like, Elvis. Like, he was influenced by black people. He was influenced by, like, Little Richard. And um, yeah. I'm missing, there's a there's a black woman, I'm, I'm, I'm mad I'm, not remembering her name, but he pretty much just used, stole stuff from him. Not yeah, you used, used her song. So, you know, if you want to say like hip hop is not black culture, then you might as well just say music is not black culture because I mean, black pe pe black people pretty much created music. All the music you listen to now stems from us. So you're welcome. Yeah, that's true. As far as to say that. Uh, that a lot of the socially conscious music is not being played or rappers aren't socially conscious. I was like, you could argue that two out of the top rappers in the game right now are pretty socially conscious rappers. 
And again, she was like, oh, well, you have to go seek it out. It's like, okay, well, I don't listen to the radio. Any music I want to hear is because I want to listen to it. I'm not going to be forced to listen to trash music or whatever you might think is not great rap music. Like that's that's your choice. Like yeah, we're in, we're in the internet age. This isn't the time yeah. where you know you can only listen to what was on the radio. It's a new day now. If you want to listen to conscious hip hop, put it in your phone. Type in type it in on Apple Music or on Tidal, Spotify anything you can listen to whatever you want no one is forcing anything on you if you don't think that there are any conscious rappers out there it's because you're not looking for them it's because you don't listen to anything and honestly it shows your age obviously yes we're not, we're, we're not we're not going to slander people's age maybe i know i'm not going to slander age but i'm just saying that's a, a common thing for them like i had a conversation with somebody the other day and i talked about and i don't want to get too far off subject but i talked about how some people that I know that are that are our age, some people that actually um, are that are in the community committee lounge, and what they'll do is any new hot artist. Oh, this the, the music's all trash. It's garbage. I miss, blah, blah, blah. I miss the '90s. Everybody yeah, always. I miss the that. '90s. I miss the early 2000s. It's like we always have the generation of trash music. We have yes. the conscious rappers. It, it happens every generation. So when you start talking about 21 Savage, Kodak Black, and some of those people being trashy, they said the same thing in our years when we were listening to Lil John and the East Side Boys and Lil Boosie and Lil Webby, the different things that we, Lil or Ludacris. Yeah, they, they said the same thing about that. So it just really just shows your age to me. That's all it is. It's just you, it's just you, getting, it's just you getting older because when like Rock, Eric B and Rakim were out there, you know, in 30 year olds back there back then were listening to them. The younger kids might have been listening to like, you know, Jay-Z or Nas, and the old guys are like, no, this dudes are whack. Then yeah. those guys get a little bit older and they're like, oh, Jay-Z Nas, this is what you really need to be listening to when younger kids are just like, nah, we're on this UGK or we're on this Tupac or whatever. Like the young people determine what's cool. Like when I in 20 years, 20 years from now, I'm probably gonna be the person who's like, yeah, this this music is trash back in my day. You know, when hip hop was hip hop, yeah. you can go back to any decade. There's always some 30 year old wash nigga talking about that. Well, but you can argue, though, like that from those days of uh, let's not even say Eric B and Rakim, but maybe Run DMC or uh, uh, the, the older type of uh, not very technical rap. You could say there is a huge difference of technicality, wordplay. And stuff like that from then to now, so that, that could be argued because some it's of that evolved. shit, some of that shit was terrible. Like, yeah, it's definitely like rap has definitely evolved in this. Like, like Grandmaster Flash, like some of that rapping was just literally just talking or whatever. Yeah. Like it wasn't no, nothing. It, but it, it's true artists that are doing that same thing. It it just keeps going on. Yeah, I mean, but there there is a clear line of demarcation from how how rap like the birth of rap when rap was a baby you could tell it was crawling didn't really understand how things work and now Nick, Nick, people are running people are running with rap like people are at Usain boat levels of rap like it's it's great now now there's people that don't take that seriously and use that type of style but rap is at a different point a different stage than it was back then so i can argue that i don't see how it could get much at a much higher level than it is now to be honest with you i mean people said that if you can pretty much go through anything we can go through like technology like look at the iphone we didn't think you know three iphones ago we didn't think it'd be this we'd be we're, we thought that the iphone 2 was like yo it can't get any better than this we're on the iphone 7 
You look at you look at athletes. You look at athletes like you know, back in the day, like a Bo Jackson or or even like Michael Jordan. You look at Michael Jordan jumping from jumping from the free throw line in the dunk contest. Regular bench warmers do that now. Like back then, that was an impressive feat. Now, that's not impressive anymore. And that's the same with rap music. Like you're saying, like these old, you know. It's not yeah, Apple's, Apple's comparison, rappers. man. Athleticism what, what and rapability is too. What I'm saying things. is things evolve, things change. At that point where rap first started, people probably didn't think it could get any better than that. And then the 90s or the 80s hit and the people were like, oh, this is, this is it. Then the 90s hit. It's like, oh, man, this is it. Then the 2000s hit. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep evolving. And I think rap is going to continue to keep pushing the boundaries because – Rap is such a different sound. Like, if you look at Lil Uzi Vert, Ugly God, Twenty One Savage, Lil Yachty, they're all rappers. Jay Z, Nas, you know, Twister, Kanye West—they all sound different, completely different, but they all fall under the same umbrella because they're pushing the music forward. It's not just the same old stuff. There's so many different sounds in hip hop. Well, we can debate those other trash guys or rappers. Moving on. So we had some responses from our <laughs> we had some responses from our last week's podcast regarding some comments made about women wearing makeup. I guess Marcus got some DMs where he uh, interacted with some people and, and shout out to y'all on Twitter. Uh, I'm st- I'm actually still waiting for somebody who listens randomly on SoundCloud or iTunes to at me on Twitter at Southbreeze seven oh six. I'm waiting for y'all to interact, man. We out here. We we trying to connect with y'all, so hit us up. So, what what were some of the responses we got? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, ready gonna, to, uh, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to do some Q and A to clear yeah, my name. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna uh, read a couple uh, responses I got since uh, Ellie is not here as the the female uh, voice on the podcast. I figured I'd get some other uh, women's input input on what we were talking about. And the first person I got is Miss Mackenzie. Marie on Twitter and she said so I listen she said so I listened to the podcast and I agree with the with Ellie I wear makeup to look good for me or if it's a special occasion I don't wear it often but when I do it's for a purpose that's what she said and that purpose is probably to find a man so you're not really doing it for you so shout out to you Uh, I I wish you had pictures of these people so I kind of you know check their temperature because people might be out here faking the fuck I'm a, I'm gonna I mean, put, she could be right though. Some women do wear it for special occasions. Yeah, I, the, most of them have their pictures in their their avatar. So I'll, I'll I guess I'll put their ads out there in the in the comments or something. But the next person I have is undefined underscore rose. Uh, hang on a second. Actually, she did not respond. <laughs> oh, no, shut <laughs> up. Let me go to the um, Afro Rose Blossom. That's oh, her I, Twitter name. I follow you. What's up? Yeah, so she said, in her opinion, women wear makeup because it makes them look supernaturally beautiful. Women are already beautiful, and makeup just adds to it, not to mention it's a literal art. It takes a lot of time and experimentation to find what shades work for you. Uh, let me scroll down a little bit. It's, it's kind of long. Yeah, uh, yeah. geez. <laughs> what shades work for you, how, the, how to work with other colors. Like, there's a lot more work into it than a lot of people know, which is why it's offensive when guys say that it's false advertisement or, or other shit. Like, it's it a is, huge, though. like, it's a huge confidence booster when you wear makeup, when your makeup is right and popping and you know it. Uh, 
it's it also it's also something that women can bond over. I love getting tips from my homegirls. Okay, well, go back and read the first part of that. She said that makeup helps you look naturally beautiful. That's contradicting. No, it does not. She said it, it makes them look super. She said it makes them look supernaturally beautiful. No, it doesn't, because when you have blue eyeliner under your eyes, that's, there's nothing natural about that. Like that's the complete opposite of natural. Like again, I'm not saying that you can't wear makeup, but again, you just said that hey, this takes a lot of time. Again, put that time in something else. Like I don't know, reading books, going to the gym, making sure your mental your mental state is good. Like you don't you shouldn't spend all that time painting your face. Like arts and crafts stopped in kindergarten. Like, <laughs> All right. The next one is from at Crafty Kate 27. She said, whoever said women wear makeup like men wear sneakers. Yes, I think you're on the right track. My friends and I basically collect makeup and talk about what new highlights or eyeshadow palettes we got. It's fun. I don't use all that shit on my face every day. It's just my collection I can choose from to create looks. It's a creative thing that makes me feel good. Taking care of our taking care of ourselves and putting effort into looking good and what we feel looks good is part of our self-care. When you look good, you feel confident and you can tackle other things in your life. While I agree doing your makeup shouldn't hinder you from going out and your self-confidence shouldn't hinge completely on your appearance. It is not a man's job to tell a woman what she should look like. Your options are, babe, you look gorgeous with no makeup and your hair up. And that's about it. Boost her confidence when she's got a naked face, but don't tell her not to try and look good. But don't tell her not to try to try and look how she thinks she looks good. I don't know. Yeah, you probably should have proofread these because you, you seem to be struggling a little bit. Yeah. So I was good with I was good halfway to her, like halfway of her response, but the end of it just got really again, I don't understand why women get so defensive with that. Like you're just telling you just said that hey, don't tell her how she should look, but you're Essentially saying that she's beautiful, so lie to her. You're telling me to lie. Like, okay, if I already say that your face looks fine with makeup, and then you put on a pound of makeup and you look crazy, I'm supposed to still say, oh, yeah, you still look good. No, like, why would I do that? Yeah, just her last paragraph. If I'm always hanging around in sweatpants and workout clothes with zero makeup, that's not sexy after a while. There's a balance to be achieved, and that balance is for each of us to decide. Sexy, sexy doesn't age well, man. Like just naturally looking good is what was going to take you take you further, in my opinion. Like find me a, a, a lady who tries to say sexy through her twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties. She's gonna she's gonna end up looking crazy. If she if she takes care of herself and just naturally looks good, then she's gonna be a beautiful woman. Like uh, damn, uh, Felicia Rashad, Cosby Show. She's a beautiful woman, right? But she does need to put on all kinds of crazy makeup to look, make herself look sexy or confident. She probably does put on makeup though for the show. My thing is this. <clears throat> I just want to get a quick point out. I think that we're kind of forgetting the fact that a lot of times women will lo- use makeups to hide certain deficiencies. So you're not just you're enhancing yourself by hiding things. They put on uh, foundation, concealer, all that stuff to hide acne, all this different stuff. So it's like, I mean, who are you kidding here? Like, really? You, you're, you're not trying to impress anybody, but you're trying to hide these bumps? Okay, whatever. I just wanted to point that out. Is that it, it's not all about enhancement. Like, I could see if you just had the, the lashes or lipstick or something, but we're talking about painting your whole face. Yeah. 
Yeah, let yeah. me just go. Let me just go ahead and read this. Let me let me hold on. Edit that. Yeah. Let me edit that out. Under, underscore underscore pretty liberal. She said, "I wear it for different reasons. Depends on my mood. Sometimes I use it just for more polished look. The same reason I'd iron a pair of pants before putting them on, just to look more polished, diminish minor flaws, like uh, Adolphus was saying. Or I could be feeling super extra and might go for a more dramatic look." It's not to look like somebody else. It's just to further enhance my beauty. So you just compared your skin to a pair of wrinkled jeans. Like, that's not how skin. Oh, come on, man. Right. Like, I mean, we can't we can't kill her for the bad analogy. She could. She's just yes, meaning that. Yes, you can. But you I mean, absolutely she, can. But you, uh, she didn't mean I know what she says. This is this is the last one. This is the last one I got is from No Siren. She said, uh. I feel like you can't collectively select one reason why women uh, wear makeup. One, women can wear makeup because they're artistic and creative. It could truly just be fun and basically really just doing it for themselves. I feel as if though you can be 100% confident and wear makeup every day. It's like adding that extra sugar to your cereal when you know you don't need it, but it still tastes good anyway. Women could suffer from lack of these sentences are terrible. Women could suffer from a lack of confidence to <laughs> fit to society's Child norms. Maybe they think they're too dark, so they wear lighter makeup, which ties into ties in with skin bleaching and body enhancement. And lack of self confidence. Or yep. they're not happy with their looks and only think they're pretty with makeup. So that that's all the DMs I got about the uh, the last the previous episode when talking about women and their makeup. Well, first of all, I would like to shout out everybody that did take the time to listen to yeah. the podcast and respond. Definitely so, uh, at me yeah. with all those people like to follow them because I I, yeah. I, I I would like to continue this conversation because again some of them made sense and some of them were kind of in left field. But appreciate y'all yeah. checking this out though. But I, I kind of feel like my my sentiment on it is. You might have some people that do it to enhance certain things, but I kind of feel like women do it to hide deficiencies and to impress men. And it's not like what I don't want to do is get into the whole, oh, well, you know, men control the world. You're a male chauvinist pig. It's the truth. We want to attract the people that we want to attract. I mean, whether it's you're attracted to men or women, you're doing it to enhance your beauty to give you that extra confidence to maybe get that extra DM or that extra number in that night. Don't sit there and try to pretend like you just do it for friends or, or like a, a damn powwow because that's not true. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, so again, shout out to them. So last week we gave y'all two for one. We did another podcast on the Charlottesville protest or rally or whatever, Tiki, Tiki Torch Fest or whatever was going on out there. So I, uh, I I took my own advice with the uh, Charlottesville Challenge, and I had that discussion with somebody who doesn't look like me at my job. And the responses that I got were, were it was incredible. It was incredibly bad. So, man, the, the, the amount of people that are educated in this country is very disturbing. Now, mind you, this person is not from the South at all. But he, he started off his, his rebuttal or his, his statement with, I didn't vote for Trump. I don't support Trump. But he's like, well, I don't understand what the big deal about the Confederate flag is. You know, that's not what it's about. And then kind of went on to try to justify keeping the flag and the statues. I was like, dog, you can't have something that's a proxy for hate in this country 
and obviously it's symbolism for a lot of crazy people to murder people or hang people or lynch people. You can't have that, man. That's just not cool. And he just continued on to defend it. Uh, he went on to say uh, he, he, he went with the rhetoric that both sides are wrong, which I was like, no, one side has a body count. The other side doesn't. It was a lot going on. He also went into something about, oh, you know, what if there's a Malcolm X, a Malcolm X statue and they're trying to take it down? Would you protest him like there would never be a reason to take down a Malcolm X statue? He's like, oh, you know, wasn't he friends with Martin Luther King and uh, wasn't he violent? I'm like, no. He simply said that if people laid hands on him, he would respond with violence, which it, anybody would do. It wasn't it just was, regular people. It, it was it continued to spiral and spiral, and he backtracked. He went at one point to say black people were liars inadvertently. Uh, he went he went on to say that you know it's the media's fault. We shouldn't be recording uh, police stops. Uh, it was it was all of. I wish that was here. She heard this, but it was out of control. I mean, the thing was like even speaking on Malcolm X when he's talking about if people put hands on you and attack you to defend yourself. The reason why he had to say that is because that was during a time of like segregation where you, as a black man, if you walk through the front door of an establishment, they would try to fuck you up. If you were a black man and you looked at a white woman too long, they try to kill you. That was in those yeah. days. And that wasn't, those aren't rules that black people made. Black people didn't make up that rule. They didn't make up that type of, they didn't, that, that's, that's not the law, the law of the land that black people created. Malcolm X was violent because he was defending himself from racism. Well, he, I don't think he was violent per se. He had well, the mindset. That, that not, type of rhetoric. Yeah, that, yeah. that type of rhetoric now is viewed as violent because it's like, oh, why, why are you standing at your window with an AK-47? And it's like, the only reason he's doing that is because people are out his, outside his door threatening to burn his house down and put a burning cross in his front yard. Not black people, by the way. They're not threatening yeah. to do that. And and again, I'm I'm not saying this as a as a way to kind of roast him or anything like that. But I appreciate the the honest conversation. Again, I try yeah, to yeah. He's a racist. He's an honest racist. I, I appreciate. I, I try to go to this with a he is an educational standpoint. And another thing he said, I was pretty good. You know, I was rebutting everything he said. But one thing that kind of got me a little a little angry was when I tried to present this guy with facts. I tried to present him with facts and said, hey, you know, because he was complaining about the media and when we record these police stops that we're fueling and being more divisive. I'm like, no, because we have to have evidence because it's been shown that on tape, even with people having evidence that they've been mistreated, they still get acquitted, right? You can look yeah. at the Rodney King incident, go that far back. So then he went as far as to say that, oh, you know, uh, you know, there's the, we don't know the whole story. I'm like, that's why you have a tape. I'm not saying that the person is correct that they may they maybe did commit a crime, but I still rather have your side of the story. And that's me. It's like, oh well, I don't believe that's that's skewed. I'm like, okay, well, there's a video. I think I talked to y'all about it of a cop illegally searching the guy's car, and I was telling him about that. He's like, oh well, who recorded? Just because there's a tape doesn't mean it's true. I'm like, the guy was walking across the street seeing this. He pretty much refused to believe a videotape of a cop violating somebody's rights. He also went as far to say that, like with the NAACP, them issuing that uh, that state advisory in Missouri, he went as far as to say that, oh, uh, well, where'd they get those stats from? That's not real. That's bias. I'm like, Doc, these are numbers. They are saying if you're a black person and go to Missouri, you're probably going to end up arrested or pulled over or maybe dead. 
like people went and pulled these numbers and the I guess the state agreed with them. So how can you refute facts? I'm putting facts in your face and you're telling me because like, hey, it doesn't matter. It's not real. The thing that happens is a lot of times you deal with those people and they they've had these conversations within their internal friends. Between their internal friends, they come up with these same stories. The person that you're talking to is probably some sort of a pussy that does that can't like articulate their own facts. So they're taking whatever their cousin Jimmy John or whoever gave them and presenting that as facts. Because to me, if you have to sit here and backpedal and then try to compare the lives of, and I'm just going to use Martin Luther King. Okay, so we, we're all are sports fans here. I'm not going to use your team. I'm going to go with another team. So Cleveland is going to hold a banner up and they're going to do it on the day of the, the first day of the NBA and say Cleveland Cavaliers losers of the 2017 finals. Like who does that? And that's like the whole rhetoric as far as why would you put the South, the leaders, Robert E. Lee and, and some of those other guys, Andrew Jackson, different things like that. Why would you put these leaders up? that lost, they were rebellious and, and trying to fight against, they committed treason. They, um, of course, wanted to uphold slavery, but yet, and still you put this in so many prominent areas in order to intimidate black people. And like, the real question is, okay, so when you say, this is us, this is our history, you're erasing who we are. Well, who are you? Are you guys slave owners? Are you guys uh, supporting treason? The thing that a good point that I heard about that when it comes to removing Bitches. removing uh, Confederate statues is that taking those down does not erase the history of what they did. A, a person suggested that they should take down the statues and put them in museums and then put underneath them or beside them exactly what that person stood for, who that person was. This person was a slave owner. This person committed treason. This person was actively fighting against you know, America to keep, to uphold slavery. And if you look at a map of all the, uh, where all the Confederate statues are, they're all pretty much in the areas heavily populated by black people. So it's kind of a thing. It's, it's almost like they're reminding us like, Hey, you know, we, 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 we could still own you if we wanted to just, this is just a reminder of the guys that used to own you guys. And there, you don't see a lot of these statues up north. Most of them are oh, in oh, southern areas. Oh, let me cut you off real quick. So I saw a tweet from uh, from the Hill, and they were saying that Montana, the capital of Montana, wants to have a Confederate monument removed after pressure from the Native American lawmakers. And this guy, I guess he's Colonel Morrill da Morris Davis, whatever. I guess he's retired or something like that. He made a great point. He said Montana didn't even exist until three decades after the Civil War, Civil War was over. Why did they have a Confederate monument in Montana? Like, I, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Why are you makes, so? Makes no why, sense. Why are you so quick to? The South will rise again, niggas. Yeah, I also saw another article on CNN that said that there are 1,300 Confederate monuments in the United States, which, if you divide that up, is 26 monuments per state. For every state in the, in the in the United States, like my thing is like, why don't you have statues that promote positive stuff? Like that's so divisive. Why don't we have statues of civil civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King or people like that, like un, unknown people that we should be learning about that promotes positivity and unity, 
instead of clearly, like you said, somebody that was treasonous to our own country, well, it, not they, ideals and slave people. They like, talk about they talk about their history being a race, but that's what history books are for. Every everyone else's history is being a race to prop up y'all's, to prop up a bunch of second place finishers. Like we're not gonna like who who's the most historically famous Native American person that did the most for this country? Nobody knows because the Europeans, when they took over that land, erased their history. And we're, we're, we're now starting to see all these stories come up of, you know, the, the Jack Daniels, the guy that created Jack Daniels, he apparently got his recipe or the black how dude. to make it from a black dude. But no, like, we're just now finding out all this stuff that black people have contributed to this country that got erased, that got swept under the rug because our history is actively being erased. We... I don't know if everybody's seen the movie uh, Hidden Figures about the three women that helped put a, a a man on the moon. We're just now finding out about this stuff in 2015 through 17 because they got a the the, the remaining lady got a, a, a medal from President Obama when he was in office. But why why don't those three women have statues? Why aren't we why aren't those women upheld and recognized? And the reason why is because nobody talked to them. They were like. Yeah, we can't have the American public out here thinking that these three colored women helped put a man on the moon. We can't have that. So we're going to need to put someone else out there or just not talk about it. So you guys, you know, all you Confederate homers or whatever you want to call yourselves talking about, oh, you're going to erase our history. Yeah. No. Why don't you talk to black people, talk to Hispanics, talk to Native Americans. Their history is their history is pretty much non-existent in this country and they've done probably a lot more things to to build us up than the confederate ever did anyways so yeah there's this person on my facebook page that posted a picture is two pictures the first picture up top is some black people on top of a squad car looks like some sort of lube going on or a riot under it has a picture of the confederate monument on the first picture the captain says if this doesn't offend you and then behind under the Confederate monument says, and this does unfriend me now, which I'm clearly about to unfriend her because A, you're not smart enough to understand that that's not, that's a false equivalence. It's not the same thing. Most likely these black guys are looting because a cop probably got away with murder for killing a black person. Or that could be tied to like, you know, Rodney King thing. Like this is why they do that stuff. Nobody loses and destroys towns, their own communities because they want to, they do it because they have to to get people's attention. Putting up 13, 1,300 Confederate monuments all around the country, why are we, again, why are you pushing this in people's faces? You're obviously not smart enough to understand the difference between the two situations, and, and you're not worthy of me, my friend, because I don't need that kind of negativity or stupidity in my life. So God bless. Definitely. Keep God bless. Moving. Peace out. I, I just had one point that I've, I've been trying to make about this. And okay, now Robert E. Lee was one of the main generals of the, I mean, not generals, generals of the Confederate Army. And of course, on the side of the Union, we had Ulysses S. Grant, who was also a president. It doesn't make sense to me that we could have more monuments about Robert E. Lee than we would about Ulysses S. Grant. We have more schools. We, we have a school local to us in Florida named Robert E. Lee or Lee. There's no Ulysses S. Grant school. Like that doesn't make sense. And he he's a former president and one of the, probably one of the best generals ever. 
And of course, he was one of the most smartest and decisive, and he had a decisive win in that civil war. And it's like they don't even celebrate him, and he's on the winning side. That makes no sense. So why are you guys really doing it? I can see if we're trying to remove his statues. He doesn't even have statues like that. Hmm. It makes you wonder. It's, it's not a. It's not about the statues. It's not about the flag. It's about their ideals. Now uh -huh. I, I know you mentioned the. Uh, Confederate General. So there's another school in Jacksonville that's named Forest High School, which is named after Nathan Bedford Forrest, yep. who was another uh, Confederate veteran, who was also the first Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, and, and this is who our, our school's named after. So just put that well, I, thought, I thought they were trying to change that name. Did that ever go through? I know um, I, I've since left Jacksonville, but I'm not sure if that ever went through. But they were really fighting hard to change the Nathan B. Forrest. It, it, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Yeah, it shouldn't have been that place, You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, and then I saw another interesting picture online. I know we're riding along in this, but this is very, very important. This actually, this actually means something. This is important for people to hear this stuff. Uh, I saw a picture. There are actually black people that fought in the Civil War, right? Where are their statues at? Don't give a shit about them. They're going to do statues of Klansmen and everything else. Okay. I mean, no one knows who they are because they, like I said, they're erasing their history. They're erasing our history. They don't care about who, because they can fight in the war, but at the end of the day, they're still niggers and they're still colored people. They're not treated. Sure. They're not equals. So why do we need to acknowledge them? That's how they're thinking. Yeah, we'll, we'll set up the statues for the people that lost the war. That that'll be that. That's how we stick it to them. We lost the war, but we didn't we didn't lose the the statue building competitions. And my thing is, why would it be Confederate statues as high up as Maryland? Hey, Montana too. Like yeah, why? Montana. Like, it doesn't make sense. It, it makes perfect sense. It makes it makes absolute perfect sense. So. But kind of put a button on this. The, the gentleman I was speaking to, again, I respect him for having the conversation. But one of his points made was like, you know, how does this Charlottesville thing affect me personally? And I'm like, because I'm black. Again, there's another interesting picture. And it shows, I think we are supposed to on our Instagram page, at comedian underscore podcast. It shows a cut, a cut screen of the picture of the people with the tiki torches. It's like, you know, what uh what does it say? Adolf, I think I think you posted what they see versus what we see. Oh yeah, I did post that. Um and it was like it was basically like a picture of, of the different people that were out there for Charlottesville, the tiki torch bombers, whatever you want to call them, the whipping boys. And essentially what it says was what y'all see is just these people, these faces. What we see are bankers, lawyers, doctors, um uh People in in the court system, or the system juror, law, jurors, your boss. Like yeah. yeah, so that's how it affects my life because I could go try to get this bank loan. Hey, guess what? I could be one hundred percent approved. You saw with uh, there's a player that played for the Chargers uh, in San Diego who wanted to pay for his rent a year in advance in cash, and they still will not let him live there. Millionaire. So again, this country is better to be poor and white than rich and black. Because again, that guy could be have those same ideas where this guy wants to give you his money. And that's and that's money. not we're turning you away because I don't like your skin color. And, and what you're saying is not even hyperbole. That's actual facts. You can look that up. There's data to back that up that if you're a black man with a bachelor's degree, that you'll make just as much money as the average white high school dropout, white male. Like that's those are stats. And that's and and that's another reason why you can say like 
oh well how does how does slavery affect you in 2017 you weren't a slave my parents didn't own slaves it's things like that that's what affects us today is when i can graduate high school take four years graduate high school get my associate's degree in two years and then two years later after that, get a bachelor's degree go out into the workforce and i make just as much money as a guy that dropped out of high school and the only difference between us is our skin color like i had to go through four extra years of schooling and they didn't they didn't even finish high school and we're making the same amount of money that's that that's where that white the 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 dreaded white privilege comes in and when those when you start looking at those numbers and that, yep, that and, those are facts and your credit score could be 60 70 80 100 points higher than theirs and you guys probably qualify for the same loans and it's it's facts to back that up and just to let you guys know the world we're not that far removed from from slavery i mean my great grandmother who just passed away in the in the late 2000s was a sharecropper so that that's somebody I've known in my lifetime with sharecroppers. If you guys didn't know, were basically slaves without the slave title. So you're still a slave, but instead of we us giving you housing, we'll give you crumbs, some cornbread, and pig feet to pick cotton and and clean our rooms, and still call us massa and boss. And so it, we're not even that far removed from slavery anyway. And I don't understand why people think. Oh, you black people just need to get over it. There's no evidence over it. You guys are living in the past. You're liars. It's like you you see it every day. I know people all the time that get shit loans because they're black. White people are afforded because of white privilege, much better lifestyles than we are. I mean, I've been doing like a different job lately. And like I could sit around and I see people. I know people that have gone, got master's degrees and will sit there and work and make 10 bucks an hour. I know white people that will get an associate's degree and make seventy, eighty thousand dollars. I was—I had a very intricate con conversation with a white woman the other day, and we were talking about Bank of America and different things like that. And she was saying, like, I, I don't think she had a college degree or anything like that. And I know myself—I finished two years of school, so I do have the associates and different things of that nature. And I was like, I kind of feel like I'm at my glass ceiling. And she was talking about how she's met the boss of the boss of the boss. And yeah, well, you know, it's not worth it to leave a job and you're making $70,000. And I'm like, $70,000? Me and you have the same skill set and I'm making $30,000 less yeah, than you are. Damn. Same skill set. I got more college accreditation than she does. And she makes $30,000 more than I do. I'm pulling up at people's houses. They live the American dream for real. And I'm over here wondering what apartment am I moving in next to continue to rape my pockets. You know what I'm saying? I, I know people that are white that are getting excellent car deals, 3%, 2%, 0% on loans. Niggas out here getting 15, 22% on loans. We're continuing to get raped. And that's why we scream for equality. But yeah. all they see is is Black Lives Matter. Matter is a terrorist group. End quote for me on that. That's that, that's all. That's all people want is equality. We're not trying to take anything away from anybody else. We just want the same thing that you guys are getting. That's that's the whole. That's that's it. There's nothing nothing more, nothing less. Just equality. And just what you were saying about how, you know, like segregation wasn't that long ago. 
I don't know if you guys are watching the footnotes for 444, but the one for uh, the story of OJ, Chris Rock was talking about how his mother had to go go to the vet, had to go to the back door of a vet to get her teeth looked at. And this is, Chris Rock is what? Chris Rock is like 50 maybe? And Mm -hmm. so we're talking about his mom. We're not talking about his great, great grandma. We're talking about a 50 year old black man's mother having to go through the back door of a vet, a vet's office to get her teeth looked at. That's not that long ago. These people that had to deal with this are still alive. They yeah, still... that's Chris Rock. That's probably the seventies or the eighties that that went down. Yeah, this isn't that. This isn't that long ago. Like, let's not pretend like slavery, segregation, Jim Crow, all this stuff was thousands of years ago. It wasn't. There are people still alive that lived through that. Yeah, my mother went to a segregated school. That, that's just one generation away from me. Went to an, an all-black school. Witnessed um, signs uh, for whites only. Different things like that. So they, they always try to erase our history and act like uh, they're they're without guilt here. But and I mean, I'm, this isn't an indictment on the whole white race. But for me, it is. If you sit here and act like there's not a problem, then you are the problem. Yep. So again, just to put a button on this, the all the people that say, oh, you know, slavery happened, let it go. I didn't own slaves. I wasn't slaves. Ha- have that same energy when all when 9-11 stuff comes around. Have that same energy. Why can't y'all let that go? Think about that. never let it go. Mm. But on to a lighter note, right? We're going to go to a lighter note here, guys, right? I guess, man. I could talk about this all day, man. Yeah, but, you know, we want to switch it up. It was just the sixth anniversary of one of the greatest dual or duet albums of all time. Right? We can agree on I that. I mean, the duet makes you think of singers, but... Well, I mean, what do you call it, then? A I'd collaboration? Call them, I'd, I'd call them like a group. I'd call that a group. Yeah, I'd call okay, that a group, group album collaboration. So one of the greatest of all time, Watch the Throne. I know you guys have a lot of opinions on that. I'm going to slide things over to Marcus because I know you probably have uh, a lot to say about that. I do too, but I want you to go ahead and start well, us off. I, I kind of want to start out with a question. Who do you think benefited more from that album between Kanye West and Jay-Z? Who, whose career do you think benefited more from that? From that album coming out that's a tough one i mean and just to just to I give you a little bit of, like yeah, well just to give you a little bit of context of where both of these guys career was leading up to watch the throne kanye west had just created my beautiful dark twisted fantasy before watch the throne came out and jay-z was coming off of blueprint three an underrated album. Solid albums in their own regard. Uh, my Twisted, well, My Twisted Dark Fantasies was, of course, a, a classic. And I, I mean, I, I can't give a take on who benefited more, but I can give my hot take on t- to me, Kanye West outshined Jay-Z that whole album. It was on like maybe one song yeah, where I felt like the they work. were yeah, it, where it was on equal footing. So uh, I guess it maybe benefited Jay Z more because some people they thought that the Blueprint Three album was really commercial. Some people thought it was a dud. It was definitely uh, Blueprint Three. I thought was a safe album for Jay Z to make. And I, I, I'm not sure who who benefited more. 
but I feel like when it comes to their creativity and how they are as artists and musicians, I feel like Watch the Throne kind of pushed Kanye to a different level, like where he, in his mind, he was like, you know what, I just came off of arguably the best hip hop album in the last 10 years. He just, I did my beautiful dark, dark twist of fantasy. People are hailing that as the best album in the last decade, the best hip hop album. That, well, that's, that's what it was at the time. So in Kanye's mind, he's thinking, okay, I'm on par with Jay-Z. Me and Jay-Z are on equal footing. So now I should be able to work with Jay-Z and we should be viewed as peers. And I don't feel like, I feel like Jay-Z, like he went in on the album, but I still don't feel, I, I still don't feel like he viewed Kanye as a peer, even coming off of My Beautiful Dark Twist of Fantasy. Like Kanye West pretty much was the guy. He was the biggest hip hop star at the time. Jay-Z was kind of in the background. Like he was still, he's still Jay-Z. He still does numbers. He's still a legend in his own right. But when we're talking about who's hot in these streets at that point, it was Kanye West. Kanye West was the man. And Kanye West kind of, I don't want to, I'm not going to be too disrespectful and say that he kind of saved his career, revitalized his career. But, you know, Kanye West gave him two verses on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. He gave Jay-Z two chances to shine on that album and then followed it up with Watch the Throne, which was a, a joint album. Wait, whoa, whoa, hold on, pause. What all I remember him on was what was that monster? Uh so appalled. He was on that. He was on that song. Oh, that wasn't okay. So those were kind of forgettable. Okay. I going. wouldn't that I'm not gonna say it was forgettable, but yeah, was my, forgettable. My, my thing is is that <laughs> is, I feel like Jay-Z is he's just gonna he's gonna keep he's gonna continue to play it safe. And I guess this is just still my you know, I'm on well, my he took anti- chances with Magna Carta. People didn't like it, and even though he kind of was. Well, he. he yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm not willing to say he took any chances, like because I, I, I actually asked people this on Twitter, like, what was the, when was the last time, artistically, musically, Jay Z took an, an actual risk, when it came to making music, and the one that I said was when he put, uh, UGK on his single back in the 2000s because big pimping yeah i mean it it seems crazy to think that now that putting ugk on the record is a risk but it was a risk but i'm trying to think is it not any any other song since then where he took a risk like what's the what's the riskiest thing you've heard out of jay-z where you're like yo he's kind of taking a chance with this doing this i mean 99 problems was a very different song yeah, it was hip hop, but it was really different. Okay, but here, he here's the Lincoln Park CD, too. Here, here's the thing when I when it comes to talking about taking a risk, Kanye West came off of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, did Watch the Throne. His next album, right after Watch the Throne, was Yeezus. Now, you can ask any hip hop fan, that was a risk. That wasn't a typical yeah, that was a big risk. Uh, yeah. and, a lot of people, I don't, I don't even want to say a lot of people, but at the time, people were kind of like, what is this? I don't understand what he's doing here. And that's what I mean by taking a risk. We've okay, never really... You have two different type of artists. I mean, you have a pure rapper and then you have a producer. Producers are, they're out there sometimes, man. He's very artistic. That's that's what people like him to, 
people like him do. But you like. can't say that Jay Z is not equally as artistic. I mean, he doesn't mm. even write his own raps. I think, I think, I think Jay Z. I think Jay Z. That's not really. It's it's being artistic, but when you're a producer, you have to be always continuously, constantly trying different things, pushing limits with your music because you want to stand out. You want to sound like everybody else's beats or productions or sequencing. So you're gonna be well, continually best, challenging that's what, yourself. That's what the best producers do. All the all producers don't do that. Some producers well, want to well, sound. We're talking about Kanye West. So yeah, we're talking about like the best no. of the best. Because I mean, if we're if we're gonna keep it hundred, Swiss Beats has kind of been sounding the same his whole career. But yeah, <laughs> he's been he's been watching people in his beat battles though. Like, yeah. Oh man, but I, I I'm not gonna take anything away artistically from Jay Z because like you said, Jay Z is the greatest rapper to ever walk the earth, dead or no, alive. Whatever. No, in my opinion, he's the greatest to ever do it. You're lying. But my thing You're is, bigger Nas fans. Don't sit here and lie for the committee. Tell the truth. I like I love Nas, but Jay Z's Okay, you know Nas is better than Jay Z. Maybe like yeah, maybe if you get him like writing, maybe we'll save that for another Oh uh, yeah. yeah, we definitely need but to touch on that. I, I will say that Jay Z is the, the greatest rapper ever when you consider everything that he's done. But no, I feel no, like he, ahead. I feel like he doesn't really try to push the limits artistically like a Kanye West does. Because even my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, there were a lot of non hip hop sounds to that album. It wasn't a typical hip hop album. There was a lot of distortion and the a lot of the the auto-tuning and stuff like that. I mean, he's done auto-tune before, but he kind of took it to another level on that album. And then... And, and not even that. Hold on. I just want to get one part in there. Not even just that, but even some of the other artists that he'll reach out to, like, to be a hip-hop artist and to reach out to people like John Lennon, to um, uh, Elton John, things of that nature. I mean, he, he, he walks to the beat of his own drum, and he's just looking for making the best possible music Yes. And so I do get you on that because Jay-Z, it does seem like, okay, I'm going to make these albums. I'm going to talk about the same thing. But I have some more interesting points, but I'll let you keep. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I I was pretty much going to go down that same path as far as when it comes to Kanye West. Kanye West is going to do whatever it takes. He's going to get whoever he needs to get to put out the best music, put out the best sound. Because even when you look at Yeezus, he went and had someone like a Travis Scott wasn't that big of a name at that time. He had Chief Keef on his album because that was the sound he was looking for. Jay-Z, on the other hand, he's going to kind of go the safe route. He's going to go with what sounds like on his next album. rapper's rapper. I understand that, but but this is something that someone said when I asked, uh, when was the last time Jay-Z took a risk musically? And they said, oh, when he did Suit and Tie with Justin Timberlake. And I'm like, how was getting on a record with the biggest R&B artist at that time taking a risk? That's not taking risk musically. If anything, that's the opposite of taking a risk. That's that's a moneymaker. And that and I'm not going to shit on Jay-Z for that, but Jay-Z is going to do what it takes to get paid. You get on a song with Justin Timberlake, you're going to get spins and you're going to get money off of that. You go on tour with Justin Timberlake, you're going to get money. You're going to get paid off of that. Now, if you're someone like Kanye West and you're like, yo, Travis Scott, that's who I want to work with. Chief Keith, that's who I want to work with. These are big name people. Not not globally, not worldwide, in their in their regions and for you know younger kids, you know, downloading mixtapes online. But he's willing to take risk and work with people like even even the life of Pablo, he has he had designer on a song. No one knew who designer was. 
before yeah, that song. Text, text don't did free text. Yeah, but that was in a certain region, in in the East Coast. I mean, he was he was posting on Twitter all the time. I clicked on it one time. I didn't listen to him. I'm like, damn, this dude. Yeah, but well, the, I feel he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the thing, the reason why I ride for Kanye so hard is that he's willing to push things artistically. He's willing to have someone like Designer on a song, willing to have someone like Chance the Rapper who was bubbling up but wasn't that big until he got on Ultralight Beam. And yeah, he blew even, up from that. Yeah, even, even Chief Keef, he blew up when he got with Kanye, when yeah. Kanye remixed the song. Yeah, and even when it comes to making albums, like the life of Pablo was a living, breathing project because when it first was being released, it was like six or seven songs and they kept changing it. Waves was on it and then it wasn't. They had a version of Wolves. Wolves is, I've heard three different versions of Wolves. Yeah, There's two different versions of 30 Hours. He's adjusted that song a bunch of times. He keeps, he's, he keeps creating and he's trying to push the sound and the culture forward. Jay-Z is, like you said, he's a technical, skilled rapper. And he's going to do what it takes to get paid. Now, actually, the last risk Jay-Z probably took was uh, one of my favorite Jay-Z songs, which is no longer on title, which I don't understand why, is uh, Beware of the Boys uh, featuring Punjabi MC. I feel that was a risk. Because, you know, in America, you can't be having songs with people with weird, funny names like Punjabi, and have those weird Indian beats and stuff like that. You know? Well, they don't care about the Indians like that. It's as long as it's not it, like Afghanistan or anything. But well, whatever, it was a joke. But, I mean, but yeah, that, that that's kind of risky. It was a different sound. I, I like that song though. Very. Good I'm gonna song. have to actually check that out. I mean, I, it's, in my opinion, you you've heard it. You probably just know what the title of it was. In my opinion, Kanye West was a better artist than Jay Z. Jay Z is a better rapper. Yeah, that's, yeah, I guess but, two different things. Though. Yeah, it is. It's two different things. But I do think that Jay-Z probably, I think that he benefited from having Kanye because Kanye showed his behind on Watch the Throne. Watch the Throne for its time was a very good CD. I, I did go back and listen to a couple of songs. And it was like, man, I was like, dang, Kanye's dropping bars on this. Like, I don't, I don't know if he's paying for it or I'm not getting into that. But he was really dropping some bars. He dropped some jewels. He dropped some gems. He made that album. If that was just Jay Z, it would have been Kingdom Come, kind of. To me, yeah, I, I do feel like Watch the Throne is more of a kind of album than a Jay Z album. Like I understand it's a joint album, but if I had to, you know, you know, you treat it like a bike. Like whose house is this bike going to stay at? Watch the Throne stays at Kanye's house overnight. Like I feel like because he he had more input on the music selection the beats and i feel like the the concept of the album i feel like kind of had his uh, a foot in more well, and, and, that's, and that's what happens when you have a producer rapper on the project that's the added benefit of having that so and i do have just a couple of just some some quick statements or questions um to me why do like a lot of times when artists and, and I, I gave this example to someone the other day. We were talking about artists um, in my DM. And I was kind of saying how some guys, like, I'll take a guy like a young Jeezy who's now Jeezy. He was trap, 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 trap. Then it was like, I'm, I'm getting into political stuff. I'm branching out. I'm getting with new artists. And then it was like, at that point, oh, he sold out. He's no good anymore. Um, or even Kanye West. Everybody, oh, I want the old Kanye. I want the old Kanye. 
the life of Pablo, he gives you glimpses of the old Kanye. He has evolved himself. And even if you take away the Kim Kardashian and the Kardashian stuff, people will still say he fell off because he's constantly trying to reinvent himself and reinvent the music and reinvent the wheel. Why do why do we accept that from artists? Like if, if an artist tries to change, all of a sudden us as fans are like, well, he sucks now. Well, we're good with hearing the same Jay-Z albums over and over again over the years or the same Nas album, even though I know Nas has taken some risks too, but we're, we're okay with hearing some of the same things from those guys. But if someone else takes, takes a risk, now I'm not a fan of him no more. He sold out. He's no good. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about the music. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I, I know for people that people that say that they want the old Kanye, they're they never really listened to Kanye before. That's what I get from them because you don't want the old Kanye. You, what you want is the less famous Kanye, because Kanye back then he was still talking this way. He was still people still thought he was crazy. He was still arrogant. He still had a big ego. He thought he was going to be the greatest producer rapper ever. But now he's more famous, and now his voice is louder. He's more amplified now. He's been saying the same stuff since college dropout. You don't want the old Kanye. You want the Kanye before he went on stage at the VMAs. You want the Kanye that 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 you didn't that wasn't on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. That you want the Kanye that we didn't really. You want the Kanye that we heard and that we heard about. But we don't want the Kanye that's like the big rock star. We don't want that guy. Yeah, that's how all those people just go listen to his old CD. Like that's that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. Like get that shit out of here. Yeah, because to me, with um the life of Pablo, even his work on Watch the Throne, and uh, my beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasies, he he gives you those glimpses. Whatever, I don't give a fuck. Anyway, <laughs> he gives you glimpses of the old Kanye. But it's like, I mean, I understand. I guess people, they want the classic college dropout talking about those struggles. But you got to understand, he's, what is he, 37, 38 now? He still talks about some of those same things also. Like, let's not get that that twisted. Well, I I appreciate the growth from him, though, because like like we're saying, I don't understand why people want an artist to stay the same. I want... The artists that I love, I love for them to change. I, I, I love listening to College Dropout and then listening to The Life of Pablo and being like, you know what? These sounds are totally different because Kanye West is not that same guy. When we when we talk about like how old he is, back then he was just a unsigned producer trying to make it as a rapper. Now he's one of the biggest producers, rappers. He's married. He's got two kids. He's way more famous. He's different now. He's a different person. And for people to not expect him to change who he is as a person, that's just silly. That's how you end up with bland, boring music. You're not going to get that from a Kanye West. No, you're not. But like I said, in in a sense, like I was talking to someone yesterday, um, a, a girl, and she was saying how Beyonce doesn't appeal to the young generation anymore. And I was kind of like, well, Beyonce is married with three kids the single ladies talk what 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 was going on she she's married with multiple kids now you're not going to get that same thing and an artist you you have to grow up like to me 
I'm going to use Gucci Man as an example. To me, Gucci Man, he took a risk with the obsessed and Mariah Carey, and he went right back to the trap stuff. He was actually fading off into the sunset before he went to jail. Jail, for whatever reason, the, the young kids love jail. Now everybody free Gucci. He came back, dropped the dud, and then he dropped some decent projects. But it's like he, he's going to remain in that same lane. And how believable is that? You're about to get married. You're in your mid to late 30s. Why are you still talking about trap rap? Like, when are you going to grow out of that? How, what's the longevity? What's the life of trap rap if you're rich? Like, it doesn't make sense. But we celebrate people that don't change. No, some but, people do. I, I celebrate people that change a lot. Like, if you can listen to Kendrick. Kendrick doesn't sound the same on damn he sounds way different than he did on section 80 like he's still got that same flow or not the same flow but he can he's still rapping still rapping very well at a high level but the things that he does with his voice his cadences now he's being a more detailed storyteller when he's rapping he's he's evolved as an artist and i would expect that you expect that from the great artists you expect them to change you expect them to evolve prince you know, Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Kanye West, Madonna, you know, whoever, Elton John, uh, whoever you want to talk about, the most creative people are not going to stay the same. You can't contain who they are and what they have inside of them. They're going to get it out. And then if you throw on top of that, just sticking on Kanye West, you throw on top of that, on top of that, getting into a car accident where you almost die. You throw in, you know, having a very public breakup with, uh amber rose you talk about uh your mother dying you talk about the issues that happened after you went on stage at the vmas with taylor swift you talk about your personal issues between you and jay-z and your relationship with beyonce in line with jay-z you talk about being in one of the most public relationships with kim, kim kardashian that's a lot of stuff to add into that creativity so you put all that in a pot, stir it up. Who, like, I am super excited for whatever Kanye West has coming out because now they're saying that he's making him and Kid Cudi are supposedly coming out with some sort of joint project together. So you 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 know that that's not going to sound like anything we've heard from those two before. You know it's going to be something different. Well, hopefully it comes soon because. Uh... I'm curious to see what kind of bars he has for Jay-Z, so. He's got to bring it, though. He's got to. <laughs> like, Jay-Z oh, crossed the line. Jay-Z was the, out of line. The, 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 the button that up, the, there's really, it's kind of like now at this point with him going back at Jay-Z, it's kind of like the eight-mile thing. Like, Jay-Z kind of already exposed himself. Like, unless you're going to come with, like, specific details, there's really nothing he's going to say that's going to be anything that we don't know. Yeah, he cheated. He's maybe a bad husband, maybe not a great father at some points. He's already said all that, so anything else that Kanye West says about that is going to be dry snitching, in my opinion. So, Well, he hasn't said anything negatively that he's done in relation to being Kanye's quote-unquote friend, and I think well, that's I mean, what Kanye West said. But there's stuff that we can visibly see, though, like the whole Black Album situation. That that, that clearly shows that shit wasn't as sweet as they thought it was. So, Y'all got any shout-outs as we wrap this up? Uh, just shout-out to all the, the women that gave me uh feedback on the uh the uh, makeup episode we had and like i said on that episode i will defer to women when it comes to why and when they wear makeup that's just the easiest way for me to, to live my life 
Yeah, definitely uh, at me with all their ads. I want to follow all those beautiful Nubian queens out here. Even though I think I follow one of them. So shout out to y'all. I have no shout outs this weekend. Uh, I mean, week. Uh, just thanks everybody for holding it down for us as usual. Thanks for all the support. Adolphus Savage out. Yeah, only thing I'm going to say closing out is, again, if you listen on, on Apple Podcasts, definitely drop us a review. Let us know what you think. Again, if you listen on SoundCloud, drop a comment. And if you were on Instagram, or shoot, not Instagram, Twitter, and you're active on Twitter, definitely add us at uh, Adolphus underscore Savage, Marcus underscore Sniffles, and Southbury706. Uh, shout out to Elle. Uh, she is AWOL, so she'll be getting her check doc this week also. So against committee podcast we out peace